You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to the Bruce White Blue CFL Podcast. My name's Oz Davis, I'm the co-host of the show, and my usual co-host, Joe Pritchard, that bastard, is actually in Regina for the Great Cup, having way too much time at the assorted Great Cup festivities, and so I figured I would bring on an American fan of the CFL who's even further afield, Greg James. Greg, how's it going for you today? Kumbawa, eh? <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. It is Great. a little after. It's a little after nine p.m. here, and it's what <laughs> after four a.m. there. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing good, man. It's good to be good to be with you again. It's, All right. Greg uh, has just moved halfway across the world to the exciting land of Japan, and so. I guess, Greg, for the CFL fans out there, I want to ask two primary questions. One, how will you get to watch the Grey Cup? Uh, and two, is Japanese TV as weird as we all believe it is? Okay. Starting with the first, the last question first. No, okay. it's not as weird. Okay. But I haven't watched enough of it since I've been here. <laughs> and you haven't been streaming of- either. Probably. Well, yeah, I've, I've watched a lot. Of, I've been, it's, I have been, I'm on hotel number two right now in Japan. Okay. Now, since we moved from the States, I literally have lost, I would have to sit here and think for a minute how many hotels I've stayed at between the U.S., Canada, because I was in Canada for a week, and nice. here. So, and I'm kind of losing track. But, yeah, so far, no, that TV's not as wacky as what it's made out to be. But then again, I really haven't been, you know, been jet lagging too. Uh, and then, what was the second question? I, what was uh, the first how, question? How do you get CFL out there in Japan? How are you? Uh, well, I tell you what. Here's here's how I know I'm not getting it. Uh, <laughs> apparently, ESPN Plus uh, really doesn't work, even with the VPN. So there is obviously a workaround. But YT, uh, I think the. If you go to CFL.ca website, there is a uh, international mm. provider, um, and they, for eight bucks, I got the Great Cup going. So um, I'm coming right in the end of it. I know uh, the company has sold the season pass. Hopefully next year they'll be selling a season pass too. If not, I don't know how any of us, including myself, Lanny and Scotty up in Tokyo, if you guys, any, any listener, Who's a regular on this show has listened to their has listened to their show that used to be on um, the unofficial CFL uh, podcast um, out of Tokyo, and um, two guys, one yeah, Gary Cup, right? Two guys and one Gary Cup. I'm sorry, it's yes, been one a of the most brilliant day. podcast yeah. names ever. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, and you know what, your show's great. I love it. You know it. You guys, you, you guys know I love your show. 
Well, let's face it. Lan- Sc- Scotty and Lanny, they're the gold standard. Those guys are pros. <laughs> and to do what they have done from so far away, it's such a polished product. I mean, so you know, they're, they're, they're guys that we – all we can do is learn from that because they do it so well. So – um, they are yeah, great. No, go- they are great, but I still consider the gold standard to be two and out. Yeah, um, I do too. Two I, and out. That, yeah. that is one slick production, and Travis, Travis and Brazilian tie yeah. more enthusiasm for the CFL than at least anybody on our level. Right, that I know. Well, He's, when I when I sorry? first came back to the CFL, Lanny and Scotty were the first two guys I listened. to. Right. Yeah. And so to them, it's, it's always, it's, you know, it's like, it's like when people talk about the Batmobile. <laughs> like which one do you love, like the best? Which one do you, it's <laughs> always the one you, you started with. And for right. all of us, it's a 66 Batmobile. So with, yeah, no, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Which Batmobile is the best and why the 1966 one? That is right. that question. <laughs> no, it's more like, it's more like as a big fan. Actually, some Canadians might be able to relate to this. As a big fan of Doctor Who, that's of course yeah. that's always your mark of fandom. Is that like who is your who is your doctor, right? So who's who the is one your you who is with? your first doctor? Yeah, and then that's the measuring yeah. stick from then on. Yeah. Uh, but we're not here to talk about our culture. We're here to talk about CFL and the Great Cup coming up next week. Uh, I just wanted to real quick, as it has been my sort of duty on this show as an Alouettes fan. I guess I, I guess I need to put a moratorium on the 2022 Montreal Alouettes. Um, wow. I Okay, so last week, of course, Eastern Championship, we lost 34-27 after going down mm-hmm. 14-3 early. Jeez. I mean, really, the Owls played a really solid game, except for that first quarter. Um, everything I predicted that we needed to do, we pretty much did. Um, but this game came down to one mistake in the first quarter. Just brutal. I mean, okay, we knew that Trevor Harris was going to make a mistake or two at quarterback. Okay, we knew that was going to happen. It's happened. Whenever the Alouettes lose, we can we can kind of pin it down to bad interception, bad fumble, whatever. Right. Same, same kind of thing in this game. First quarter, really bad fumble. Cats go down, score 14-3. to three. And that pretty much put the game out of reach for the Alves early. Yeah. Um what blows my mind is, and I thought this was happening during the game, but then I looked at the box score. Do you know how many other turnovers there were in this game? Zero. No. Zero. No interceptions, no fumbles, <laughs> not even a turnover on downs. And I guess at the end of the day, you have to say, that's football. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, because literally one mistake in the first quarter of the game killed our season. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It's wild. It was wild. Um, good showing the for the it, it, It's it's the Argo bounce. It's it's the, the proverbial Argo bounce. Jeez, 
If there is a team that's blessed in the CFL, it is the Argos. Maybe yeah. this is maybe stuff like winning, taking a nine and nine team to the Grey Cup and winning in the snow based on one mistake against Calgary. I guess that's sort of the karmic payback for having no fans. <laughs> and yeah, getting booted out of your own stadium. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe that's, but. If there is one team in the CFL that blessed it is Toronto. Can't really say that about the 2022 Argonauts because, I mean, this was a solid team. Uh, they were yeah. good from the go. They got better as the season went along. They're right. right now. They're, I wouldn't say they're hot, but they're, they're on a roll. They're hot. They, right dude, now. they're hot, man. They're 10 and two in the last, I mean, they're they 10 oh, okay. and two in the last 12 games. So, okay. I'll take that. Yeah. A lot of them against the East as well. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll call that a win's a win. Yep. A win's a win. Yep. Yep. Well, it's it's this season, this season, I think it's been more important against the East for the East because of yeah. the weird schedule issues that we had. We had so many more games interconference this year. So this year I thought the win to Oldham were important. And especially this one. So I guess good on the Argos. Uh sorry about the Alouettes, but hey, I'm actually positive going into the next season. Uh, for our possibilities. So uh, I think that Toronto is going to be the vote pick again next year for the Great Cup. But <laughs> I think Montreal is going to be as well. Um, second game. Second game. Again, I kind of felt like this was over early because the Bombers kind of, in all phases of the game, just reminded us how good they are. Uh, At halftime, it was 19 to 8. And the thing was, is again, same kind of deal. Toronto scores early. And then literally, I have this here. Yeah. The defense for Winnipeg kept the Argos out of the end zone for 48 consecutive minutes. The Lions would not score a touchdown again until they were down by 15 late in the fourth quarter. So here's Winnipeg shot down defense. I mean, they got a punt return touchdown uh, as well on special teams. Zach Kolaris only had to throw the ball 20 times because uh, Oliveira is getting 130 yards on 20 carries. You know, it's just like, wow. Very, very (laughs) old school. Very old school. I mean, very old school football. I mean, to only throw that many passes, I mean, that's really in the CFL, it's kind of unheard of. And when you have a ground game, but then again, did anybody really expect the Bombers to lose? No, no, no. That's the thing, but wow. I mean, again, just reminding us how slick they are. Winning in all aspects of the game. You know, they're winning on all three fronts. Yeah. I mean, the Lions are a good team, but... But the Lions showed in their first game against the Bombers that they weren't going to beat the Bombers. You know, I mean, that was way back when. And obviously, you know, I mean, let's face it, the, the Lions team that played them that first game is not the, was not the Lions team that played them this last game. But still, yeah. the Bombers were, are, were clearly the better team. The Lions mm-hmm. probably got another season or two to go before right. they can compete. Yeah. yeah, I mean they yeah. can compete for second place. 
but for first place, man, not so much right now. Yeah, the and Lions, I'm a Lions fan. The the Lions are the classic uh, 1991 Dallas Cowboys. You know, that's the team that's like go far in the playoffs. Not this year, but just wait till next year. <laughs> right. right. I mean, yeah. BC Lions will be the vote pick for the Great Cup next year. Guaranteed yeah. they will be. Uh, this team is all upside at this point. They got yeah. nothing to be ashamed of. Most folks had him in the bottom two in the West going in. Listen, the I had I had Nathan Rourke in my fantasy team, and when he was healthy, nice. it was awesome. Nice. But the minute he got hurt, there went my season because he was he was my entire offense. So we'll see. B stays healthy next year. Maybe they got a shot. Let me ask you this then. Uh, because Joe hates player awards. So maybe you don't despise them nearly as much, but I'll ask you this. Does he deserve serious consideration for MOP? I think so. Does he but deserve it? With that said, what no, he doesn't get it. I mean, to get it, you got to make it through the whole season. He, I mean, he didn't get his team to the playoffs. He helped get them to the playoffs, but he didn't get his team to the playoffs because he got hurt. I mean, though, that no, no. He obviously, I think he should be in the running for it, but should he get it? No. What he too many got other people them, deserve it. What he got the Lions was a couple of wins over Calgary, which right, was he got, enough. He brought some which was enough back. to get them second place. He brought them. He brought the. He brought the team respect, and he also helped put asses in the seats. Let's not forget that either, too, because this was the first season that I, I can recall actually seeing uh, more people in the seats um, than actually empty seats in BC. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, they're working it there. They're working the marketing there, and I think it helps that this is the first time since we've been doing the show, since we've been doing Rouge White and Blue, so seven, eight years, that yeah. the Lions exceeded preseason expectations. I mean, right. seriously, they're a disappointment yeah. almost every single year in the past, like, decade. You know, right. it's like, well, this is the, it, that's not a coincidence. They're almost, like, they're almost like the team everybody forgets about. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they really are. Not anymore. They're, not anymore. Not the more most exciting team in the CFL going forward, I think. So there'll be one to watch next year as the Bombers try and finish off the three-peat here. Um, we're going to talk about the game in just a minute, but I just wanted to touch upon this since Greg and I are such sports history geeks. Um, pretty wild that the last time these two teams faced each other was 1950. The, in the 30, classic mud bowl. Right. The 38th Great Cup. And and the wild thing was is that, okay, that was the 38th Great Cup. These two teams have faced each other five times previously. And they haven't since <laughs> 72 years. And most of the history of this league, there's eight or nine teams. Right. WTF, man. Yeah, yeah, and with 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 the st- I mean, that's really kind of the stat of the day. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. With I mean, so few teams, you would think at some point. But then again, now keep in mind too that there was a good number of years where they both played in the same division too. So that kind of factors yeah. in. Yeah, when Montreal was defunct, right? Um, yeah. Winnipeg when when Montreal was was gone, and then also too during the American expansion for well 
those yeah. few years too. So you take the, but even still, even with that, <laughs> yeah, it still it defies logic. That's maybe that's maybe ten or twelve of those seventy two uh, seventy. Right. So you're right. still talking about sixty good years where it's just it just worked out that hey these two teams were not excellent at the same time as one another. What can yeah. you do? Well, um, and with that said, with that said, I mean yeah, the Argos are hot, but I mean if you take their record as itself, they're still like a third or fourth place team if you rank all the teams in the CFL. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just just yeah. saying the one division we need to get that back um yeah there's a um so just wanted to to touch on the mud bowl the 1950 mud bowl uh briefly here there's a youtube entitled 1950 great cup highlights but what it actually is it, it's a broadcast from espn classic that's about 40 minutes long so you get most of the game Plus, you yeah. get some insights from the panelists and the players who were in the game uh, in between. So it's a really good watch. Uh, did you take a look at it, Greg? Uh, I did. I sent you the clip. Yeah, it's, it's. You did send me the clip. This is, uh, we like to throw this word around uh, when we're describing games. Uh, but this was the proverbial slog. <laughs> this yeah. one, this one is. This one is really grinding out the yards, well, as the cliche likes to go as well. This this was as our fr- friend Joe Zimba, as you know, to, to quote his title of his book on the Chicago Cardinals. This is back when football was football. Most football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you not know, quite. I mean, it's not quite leather leatherhead stuff. But no, it's, it's, it's after quite, that era. It's, yeah, it's it, but it's. It's a different, I mean, you know, I mean, let's face it now, you don't see mud on any field whatsoever anymore. So, um, unless too, I mean, I saw, well, then again, there's also Arkansas from what I saw. Apparently somebody had the brilliant idea that apparently the field was iced and they figured, well, we'll put some water on it because water is warm and it'll help melt the ice. Well, I didn't think about it, but I, that, that's just what I saw before you and I came, went on to that. I'm like, what? <laughs> but yeah, you don't see much. You don't see money. You don't see conditions. Really, don't play much of a factor anymore. Yeah, right. Well, the surfaces are slicker and whatever. And and you know, uh, I think yeah. that really this game, uh, this game, because of what happened. And real quick, what happened was basically this: this game was played at Varsity Stadium, which is the mm-hmm. University of Toronto Stadium. And going into this football season. They had increased the capacity of the stadium from like 15,000 to 21,000 plus, almost 22,000, right? And so apparently what had happened was is they plunked all this money into that and then just didn't pay attention to the groundkeeping at all. And before this game, it's a similar situation to what you said, except it wasn't a human being stupid. It was Mother Nature. Um, right. Previous day, that snowed all day on Great Cup Day. It's raining. <laughs> so the field turns into like this slush and apparently they hadn't been tending to the to the uh field after games all fall all autumn so the thing the turf was shredded already and then you had yeah. snow and rain on top of it creating the mud pit now after this is when they decided to stop holding the great cup at varsity every year. right this is when 
they started rotating sites because for a long right. time it had been in Toronto every year. This cup, and then they're like, "Well, if you're just gonna do this, we'll give some other cities a shot at this." Yeah, game. but but this was back in the day when the West was still called like the provincial rugby league. Right. I mean, yeah, this is when you had. Well, this was before there even was a CFL. This CFL, was, Rock, this was right. be- yeah, yeah. This is between the rugby unions, which right. you know, I, I, yeah. As much as I know about sports, I mean, I'd be damned if I know one single rule about rugby. <laughs> oh, rugby is awesome! You should check it now, out. Being they're, in Japan, I got to learn real quick because they got a right. league and everything. And, right, they're competing yeah. now. They're in the World Cup these yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, no, they're not um, very they, good. Uh, no, but they uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, they played to a, a Japanese team uh, played to a pack house against New Zealand here rugby, in, uh, rugby up, up in Tokyo. Rugby game, dude. As as a sports history guy, you need to check out rugby because it's just oh, I will be. It it's part of that evolution from you know soccer that goes all the way through to American football. Right. You know, and it's just like it's wild to see. I mean, basically, rugby is soccer except you can pick up the ball. I mean, really, yeah. as soon as you realize that, it's like, whoa, that's what happens to soccer. And then what happens to rugby is you do the forward pass. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you get football. And really, that's it. But it's wild because you make that one change and the whole game mutates around. Yeah. Right? It evolves yeah, I watched a few rugby it. games and it's still, I'm just, it's one of those like, oh, oh, you know. Um, yeah. Kind of like Australian rules football when you watch it. Right. Like, well, then. Then you start yeah. watching and going, hmm. And we, you know, you and I have talked about the differences between or similarities between that and Gaelic football. Yeah. Um, but I need to spend, now that I'm here and obviously I'm retired and everything. Um, but once we, my wife, you know, once I get out of a hotel and into my own place and things settle down, uh, yeah, it'll be, I'll be, have more time to focus in on the important things of life sports history, <laughs> watching sports. These games, like we we like to think that the bat and ball games and the and the football games are really complicated, but the basics are intuitive. I mean, oh, you yeah. watch you watch rugby and you can tell what's going on. You can tell which right. players are the are the playmakers and which players are you yeah. know the muscle and whatever. And you can tell what the strategy is after a couple of games and stuff. So yeah. I mean, the minutia takes a lifetime, you know. But oh yeah. Um, but, you know, the basics are not bad. So, 1950 Great Cup, uh, just a couple of more things I wanted to say. I got to say, the Argos had one of the sweetest named backfields of all time with Ulysses Crazy Legs Curtis and Teddy Too Good as their runners. Uh, and for the um, Bombers, there was Indian Jack Jacobs at quarterback and he's one of the inaugural members in the canadian football hall of fame yeah uh so worth a watch i mean it's a really fun game to take a look at um and you know again they got the 40 minute version so well doable yeah even if you are moving across the world you have time well and the legend of indian jack i mean uh you know people should google who indian jack is because to appreciate his story um you know, it's, yeah, I know who he is. And it's just, it's one of those stories you read, you know, you hear about CFL players, you know, it's, you wish you could have seen these guys play because yeah, they would have been, they would have been mega stars today. 
Oh yeah, still, still, yeah, yeah. For me, Indian Jack was like a uh, he was he was more or less the Canadian equivalent to Johnny Unitas, you know, yeah. just a guy who's playing the modern game or at least the eighties nineties game in the fifties, you know, right. um, really just ahead of his time. And oh um, yeah, clearly, uh, no wonder an inaugural member of the CFL Hall of Fame. And uh, just just one final note: the final score of this game was thirteen to nothing. That's the last shutout in Grey Cup history. Hmm. Was seventy-two years ago, thirteen to nothing. So, and in these conditions. So again, just just kind of showing how, I guess, just conducive to scoring the Canadian game is. I mean, just it yeah. wasn't that long ago when we had a Super Bowl that was thirteen to three uh, here in the states. So right. you know. Just as a, a little reminder there, that seems like the Canadian football game, not too high scoring this season, but the potential for high scores is always there. Oh, uh, yeah, always. Just ask the Elks when they're playing the Lions again. Uh, let's yeah. see. The, uh, okay, <laughs> so <laughs> this was the, the last uh, shutout. But, Greg, I was talking to you before the show about this Great Cup, the 2022 Great Cup, and you are just one note about this game. And that one note is the Bombers are going to kill him. <laughs> okay? I wouldn't tell say me the why. Bombers are going to kill him. Well, you know what? Though? I think you did, though. I think you did tell me that. <laughs> I, I, did, I did. I did. I did. But I just think it's going to be, you know, for like, maybe just a solid beatdown. <laughs> you know, instead of a killing, the solid beatdown, which is like one step below, you know. So they're not going to crush their hopes forever. No, no, like... no, not like not like the scores you have here in Japan in the X League. You know, <laughs> I mean, um, I got a prediction for one. You know, the Fujitsu team, and off the top of my head, I can't remember who they're playing because it's it's been a long day for me. But I've got them picked to win seventy three to nothing, and John and BJ, while their predictions aren't. That wild. Um, we're talking in the 60s and the 50s for their scores, too. So, um, yeah, no, but with this game, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know how the Bombers can lose except by their own mistakes. And, you know, these are two teams that have only played once, and it was a close game. So, who who knows? The Bombers, but, don't, make, the bombers don't make mistakes. No. That's the thing. We've been saying this all year. Uh the Bombers, if you look at their point differential and therefore their Pythagorean expected wins, which we talked about a few episodes ago on this show, um, these guys are, are squeaking these out most of the time. Yeah. Uh, they're winning one-score games. I mean, again, to make the NFL equivalent, this is like the Kansas City Chiefs these days. I mean, the right. Chiefs are winning 13, 14 games a year, but they're pretty much even against the spread. You know, there's just barely... Yeah winning these games uh and i don't want to say they're barely winning them like they have to come back or something no they're just doing enough to win as they yeah. say and that's the difference between these bottles and like the bottles last season who are just right. crushing well, everybody yeah the, the bombers last season were just uh, yeah i mean you knew you know how the season was going to end from week yeah, one it was a lot from week one, yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. both saw both teams being in the Grey Cup. Now, mind you, you know, nobody really saw, could have seen, foreseen how that Grey Cup ended 
<laughs> it was a pretty wild ending. But we got the ending that we all expected. Yeah, I would expect it this year too. But, you know, like I said before, there's that Argo bounce. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Hamilton peaked out last season. That, that was why. Oh, yeah. A, a decent game. Yeah. That was and that's it. why the reason why Brandon window. Banks is now. Yeah, and that's why Brandon Banks is on the team this year, on the yeah. Argos this year, playing in the Great Cup. Yeah. Yeah, he took a hint. The uh, um, yeah, I, I I tend to agree. I was just looking up the team staff a little bit, and and wow, I just can't see the key to the Argos victory um, last week. Well, I think in this game you almost have to throw the stats out at this point because I don't. I mean, I, re- I mean, really, both first place teams. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the other thing too is the conditions. I mean, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but how cold is it going to be on Sunday? Oh, you know, I haven't even looked that up yet because I tend to, because I bet these games, I tend to look at the weather on the day of. I don't want to, I don't want to look at the long range forecast because meteorology is still not an exact science. I, I will, yeah. I will plug that in now. Give me just a second All right. to talk here. Um, yeah, see. I just, I just wanted to run some stats by, um, yeah. the thing about, the thing about Toronto is that they gave up more running yards on defense than any playoff team this year. This is gonna this is gonna hurt them. And they gave up more long yardage plays. So runs of 10 yards plus 20 yards plus than almost any other team at all. So we can expect a lot. I mean we saw that 2020 ratio last week runs to passes. That mm-hmm. might be the case again for Winnipeg. I can see Winnipeg not exactly blowing them out on the scoreboard, but just, you know, controlling the clock, controlling the game, taking that early lead, yeah. and never never giving it up. Um, now, the, the one thing that you would think that Toronto would have in their favor is they had more interceptions by far than anyone else in the league. They had 29 right. interceptions. The nearest was 19. Right, but then you're going up against a guy who throw 15 picks all year. Yeah. Not, in fact, not even that much because the backup was in for a game and a half, so about yeah. 13. I think he had 13 picks all year in like 16 games. So, you know, Calaris is just not going to give you that mistake. Um, I guess what Toronto kind of has on their side, especially if it's cold, snowy conditions, is that Winnipeg has seen the fewest running attempts. So maybe that's enough. But then again, they're not giving up that many yards per play. So yeah, you may be right. Uh, I, it's hard to imagine a path to victory other than the bounce. Um, well, then, you know. Then, but I'm not I, sure it's a blowout. I'm not sure it's a blowout. On the scoreboard. Yeah. Well, I mean, a beatdown. Well, more a beatdown than a blowout. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but it is, I mean when i mean the game's at night so temperature's going to drop and we don't know i mean i mean i've seen the the forecast i mean it's like they're talking what 12 degrees fahrenheit or something <laughs> by the time night comes in i mean i've played in i mean back in high school i've played in cold weather games but man never that cold so um you know that could very well i mean so who knows but i i think the weather's just going to keep it interesting mm-hmm. 
and even though it's going to be cold for both sides of the field, um, you know, when it gets real, real cold and that ball gets rock hard, I mean, then you see a lot, you, know, you tend to see more running, but if the bombers come out early and dominate, you know, and it, if they don't make any mistakes, no, I, I mean, it really, I think it's the Argos have nothing. If the Argos lose, they got nothing to be ashamed about. If the bombers lose, you know, the bombers have more at stake than the, than the Argos do right now. Oh, way more at stake. I mean, Joe and I were talking about this, 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 I mean, we should probably rationally consider this the end of the road here, at least for the championship runs. I mean, it's yeah. it's tough to be the top team in the CFL for four years run, basically, which is what they right. were. I mean, we had the one right. to succeed. I mean, but... Calgary kind of came close there for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Calgary, yeah, they came close. Calgary, Calgary is came the close. Uh, Seahawks or the Patriots of the CFL. You know, for the past 20 yeah. years, they're always a competitor. They don't always win, right. obviously, but they're always competitive. But, you know, next year, just looking at the way this season closed, just looking at the future, in the West alone, you've got BC and Edmonton, who should both be far better than they were this year. Right. You know, and that's just right. in the West. You know, and it's just like, again, Mike, like uh, a lot of that Winnipeg talent, not all of it. I mean, Dalton Jones is a tremendous addition. But a lot of that yeah. talent is, you know, on the other side of the, the big hill. Uh, right. You know, it, it's, you know, there is a limit here to how much more Justin Jefferson can put in. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this is really, this is really it for the Bombers. And I guess, like, you know, we, we Joe and I always come down to this. It's just like, well, what about the mistakes? But, you know. The bombers heart of a champion. They don't make these mistakes yeah. in these situations. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I mean, at any given Sunday, I mean, I personally, I want the Argos to win, and I've got my own selfish reasons for that. I don't <laughs> even know if you might want to even guess what those are. No idea. No idea. I want. What, what I do you got against the, Winnipeg? <laughs> I want the Argos to the XFL conspiracy talk put the effing bed. <laughs> uh, you know what it's it's I, i've managed to like you know shut that off on my twitter account I've, I've i've pissed off enough uh people in the xfl media who have either blocked well pretty much have blocked me and we you and i both know who those guys are um <laughs> that kind of like r take this you know um but on the facebook side I'm, I'm i'm i'll be honest with you i'm a complete dick when it comes to once i start hearing that um, you know, but so if the Argos do win the Grey Cup, that puts I don't have to hear that for a while. Don't have to hear any of that for a while. Um, but that's just me personally. That's just me. Me wow. and the XFL media just don't get along. I'm surprised that you could take that for granted, man. With the way that conspiracies and 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 Twitter rumors get out of hand, man. I'm surprised you could say that with confidence. I can easily imagine a scenario where Toronto wins the thing and then team owner says, yeah, I'm going to take my trophy and go to the XFL. <laughs> I can totally see that. Yeah, you know, thinking I, I, thinking yeah. that he has some power over the league because now that they're champions. Right. You know, well, here's my theory. Here's my theory on that. Okay. Listen, 
Toronto people in Toronto won't go see the CFL play. What in God's name? Oh yeah. Do they are they going to do to basically you know? Let's we'll, we'll call NFL is major league. Okay, CFL yes. is triple A. The XFL and the USFL are single A ball at best. That just and you know and the XFL that's still on paper. We don't know. So now I just if the if the Argos win, I don't have to you know uh, you know uh, I, I can it's, I, it's I don't almost have to hear about that crap. It's almost like dogma. It's almost like dogma. If you're in, I mean. <laughs> I think you were on this is a little bit farther afield, but I think you were on the Sports History Network call when we had one of our colleagues over there at the Sports History Network um, said he was with Major League Football, right? And the dogma of these guys is that, yeah, we're going to... I was not on that call. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought you were. I would jumped all over that. Yeah, they were just keeping it silent because this guy was like, he wanted to close the meeting with, yeah, so I'm with this little project called Major League Football and we're gearing up for our season and whatever. And it's like, you have to, when you get involved with one of these American independent leagues, you have to be like, yeah, we're going to succeed. You know, this thing's going to last forever. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. dude, dude, were you around in the 80s? I mean, and, and, and this is the... Uh, you know, again, a little bit far afield, but I just want to get this out there because maybe people on this podcast, hearing this podcast, will appreciate this. I don't see how anybody in this country who enjoys football voted for Donald Trump. Seriously, he did more to kill the USFL, which was really the only independent football league which had any chance of surviving right time right place and he did all he could to kill it you know honestly just on that note forget all the political views on that note how can you not hate this guy and it's like now we've got this whole generation of guys who thinks they're going to start these football leagues and they're going to survive right you know and i think that's what ownership in toronto got in on you know, yeah. they talked to Dwayne Johnson. And he's all like, yeah, you know, football, this is going to succeed. You know, all this crap. And they had to buy it. You know, right. plus, yeah. I think that there's also this element of, gee, if I join this American League, they're going to hit me with a cash infusion of like $20 million. Right. <laughs> you know, I think there's also that. It's short term. Well, yeah, there's, 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 there's that short term thinking. If you right. look at. You know, let's just use the the ELF over in Europe. Like they're expanding, and I'm sitting there going, "Wait a minute! I saw the championship game. You could pretty much count the number of people in the stands." I just kind of threw it out there. It's like, okay, dudes, they're they're from what I'm seeing, this is like the CFL USA all over again, where we're going to just get the expansion fees. Uh, oh I yeah, see yeah, the whole yeah, house yeah, of cards, yeah, yeah, you know, imploded. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah no, I, but I agree with you. If you're, yeah, I, there's the so league... few jobs. There's so few jobs in football that you got this yeah. whole underclass of dudes that want to create leagues just so they can have jobs. Jesus, right. if you, this is this is why when the ABA came into the NBA, we haven't seen a competitive independent basketball league. 
is because you go right. play in Europe. You go play in Australia or South America or yeah. China, you know, but you can't yeah. do that in football. You can't. No, it's, and so no, it's, and if it's, you're a coach, even, you, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, even over here. I mean, in the number of slots for Americans in, in the Japanese league, there's only a few, you know, you've only got one or two teams. I mean, sorry, you've only got one or two, maybe three American players on right. the team. So, you know, yeah. it's not like, I mean, Japan is an option, but it's not, you know, jobs are not, most of those jobs are going to the Japanese guys. Of course. Of course. And it's a club and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very much a semi-professional league for lack of a better term. The sure. Americans who play it, they're the professional ones, but the guys on the line who are Japanese, those guys have day jobs. Right. 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 Well, that was the thing. That was the thing with, um, in Hungary, you know, they had the uh, MLAF, the Magyar League of American Football, the Hungarian League of American Football. And, you know, they're playing like uh, the Budapest team, the Wolves is, uh, you know, they're playing like the Vienna Knights. You know, they're playing teams from Ukraine right. and stuff like this. You know, kind of a second division European American Football League. And the thing is, is like these guys that are playing the offensive line and the defensive line, these are guys who want to play sports but can't kick a ball or catch a ball. Right. Right? That's the thing. Uh, no American lineman is going to go to Europe, Asia, and play football. They're just not. Those are not jobs given to them. They don't want those guys. Yeah. Now, if you're an American, you want to go play quarterback, fine. You know, I had a friend right. of mine. He was in his 40s. And he was playing quarterback for this team because he's the only American there who could speak Hungarian. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's it's like, you know, those are not viable leagues. Again, it's not basketball. Basketball, same situation. Most countries, you can only have two Americans on your team. Right? But so what? Right. There are hundreds of teams out there willing to pay you at least a living wage. But right. football, football doesn't have that. And especially if you're a football coach, you're an American football coach. Odds are, I've met a few of these guys. Odds are, you're good for nothing else. Period. You're obsessed with football. You 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 can't right. do anything else, and you think you're better than high school. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So what do you do? You get together with twenty other guys and form a new league. That's not going to make it to game one. No, it's just right. It's crazy. It's right. Crazy. And you know what? Uh, I mean, it's it's great to have dreams, but you know, at the same time, <laughs> you got to be realistic about it. It's like, okay. Yeah, this is great, but you know who's going to pay the money? I mean, yeah, yeah. That dream died forty years ago. Forty yeah. years ago, when the USFL died, that was that was the best shot at this, and it's just right. not going to happen. And, and, and as far as minor no, leagues go, we've got yeah. minor leagues. We've got minor leagues. It's called the SEC. You know, yeah. it's called the Big yeah. Ten. I mean, Alabama. When Alabama is cranking out what? Seven first-round draft picks? Come on, right. dude. That's a minor league. Yeah. And <laughs> let, us, let us not forget that the NFL themselves try to get um, alter, you know, alternative football in the States to work. And that went belly up. NFL Europe. Oh, yeah. The World sure. League of American Football. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the chance. Make it work. That, that was, was the, the chance, chance for an alternate league. 
they uh, it lasted for a while, but they had to prop it up most of the time right. because it really didn't sell outside of yeah. London or and Germany. Then, and and then uh, then Charlie Ebersol came came by with uh, you know his smoke and mirrors and the AAF great polished oh, product. What we saw and everything that disappeared. You know, and then I get in these arguments with the XFL diehards. Oh, the league didn't fail. Well, you know what? Okay, COVID so let's me. just call it for what it is. Pandemic stopped everything. But Vince McMahon, we know Vince McMahon was going to pull out at the end and, and kill that thing anyway. So, um, yeah, no, I, I hope, you know, hey, I'd love to see more football. The USFL last year, but, you know, can it sustain itself other than being just a TV league in multiple cities where, okay, now you've got to put asses in the seats? I, I don't think so. Of course and I've not. had this discussion with a lot of people, and old school guys, you know, um, Tim Hamlin on his show. I mean, I know I've heard him talk about it um, with my, you know, with um, Scott Adamson. I mean, we're all kind of the opinion, but we're the older guys. Hell, even Upton Bell, who if ever there was an expert in, in any of this, he'd say the same thing. Nah, it's not going to work. Which reminds me, I do need to get a hold of Upton, but that's an that's a whole other <laughs> subject. I gotta, I, 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 you know, it's been a, it's I, I need to sit down with him. It's been a while. So, well, here's the thing, Greg. Here's the thing. You know that in general, the the respect for sports history is at an all time low, right? Nobody, right. Nobody cares about sport. Everybody cares about next week or last week. That's it. Right. That's it's all about it. clicks and likes, too. Let's not right. forget that. Right. Either. Right. Now, now, now. And now. followers. Now. Right? Okay. But it still exists. That's the right. thing. How much of NFL football is about Sunday, is about Thanksgiving, is about the Super Bowl? All right? These are all ritual traditions with meaning right right okay the joke from seinfeld is that basically you're just cheering for laundry right right but check it out we do still cheer for laundry we do that's the thing that's the thing and something like tom brady on the tampa bay buccaneers has cachet something like tom brady on the pittsburgh maniacs has no cachet Right. Period. That's it. And we don't like to admit it, but we are anchored to the past on this stuff, especially with football, which is right. dependent on ritual. If you're a college fan, it's dependent on Saturday and tailgating. If you're an yeah. NFL fan, again, Sunday, Thursday night, Monday night, Thanksgiving, Super Bowl, you know, college fan, New Year's Day, uh, yeah. CFL fan. Is it June yet? Gray Cup, Labor Day classics. Right. All of it is so tied in the ritual that you can't just come in there with no name players, no name coaches, no Donald Trump, and right. no tradition. It's just yeah. not going to work, even if you have the TV contract. This is not going to During work. baseball season. Let's right. not forget that. For During example, baseball season. And that's another thing, too. Sports, I think, in our modern time, has gone way past like you only like one sport. Now it's into you only like one league. You literally, they say football is a 12 month a year sport. Yeah. If you're a hardcore NFL fan, 
That's it. You're following it. the NFL. It's yeah. That's you it. know, you might you might have your methadone. You might watch an NBA game or an NHL game once in a while, but you're yeah. focused on NFL fucking football, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, like, I mean, it lends itself. Dan Patrick said it's, or maybe it was Rich Eisen saying it's, 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 you know, it, it's the greatest narrative generator. Right. You, you have one game a week. And then you have all the drama that leads up to it. And then, right. boom, you're done. On to the next story. And yeah. when with these other leagues and all that, I mean, again, it'd be great. You know, back way back in 2001, when Vince McMahon tried to launch the XFL, you know, he tried to he tried to actually do that. He tried to – he figured with his wrestling background, he could generate stories and narratives. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was all phony, and we all knew it. Um I just don't see where I don't see where any of these leagues here in the United States, at least are ever going to succeed. Um, I think they're all eventually you know, they're like um, the indoor football league and the arena leagues. There'll be guys trying to make money and trying to give guys second chances and, mm-hmm. and first chances and get looks. And that's what you want. I mean, mm-hmm. um, back in the sixties, if you remember, you remember the book, the forgettables you had sure. uh, the Atlantic coast football league. The story of the Pottstown Firebirds. Great story. Right. right. I mean, hopefully you're always going to have those regional minor leagues because, I mean, the guys that play in those leagues play it for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. Some are hoping to get noticed. But, man, the XFL and the USFL, I mean, if they, they succeed, great. But I think if you're I, – I, I think if you are – basically kind of brainwashed into thinking i think if you if you're reading too much social media and getting brainwashed by all these guys on facebook and twitter going oh it's going to succeed in this and the rock every other word is the rock and i kind of i've asked guys can you explain to me how the xfl is going to succeed without saying the words the rock and (laughs) as we've seen with you know he's like well you know he's a movie star and you know what yeah he's all that Here's, here's kind of how I look at it, because I kind of I kept saying this over and over. Listen, if he can restore the Snyderverse, great. <laughs> I, don't see, I don't see it happening now, just based upon the reviews of Black Adam. And I have not seen Black Adam yet. But based upon what I'm hearing, I don't think the Snyderverse is coming back. I mean, he no, gave it a shot. No. no. But I, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. And I mean, I you know don't want to see it fail, but at the same time, I'm like, Dudes, be realistic, man. It ain't going to succeed. I give it three years tops. Just real quick. Dude, we got the Justice League uncut, okay? He threw four hours worth of everything he had at us. It's done, okay? No more Snyder. No more Snyder. Though, with that said, I'm going to see Black Adam in a couple weeks here in Japan. So, Mm -hmm. So I got that for him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I get that going for me. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So I think the best idea, just let's close this up real quick. I think the best <laughs> idea, if somebody had the brains and the gumption, what you really should do is organize the various semi-pro leagues around the country. Then what you do is Instead of, you know, showing like a straight up game, you know, Brooklyn Mariners versus, you know, Fresno Firebirds or whatever, right? Yeah. Instead of, you do like a reality thing. 
right? Because these guys have day jobs, right? I mean, yeah. who doesn't love this? You know, here's this guy, here's Marky Mark, right? Playing a semi-pro game and, and he's actually a fireman. You know, he's a first responder. I mean, like how awesome would that be, right? So that way, you've got these leagues with low expectations that sell all 3,000 tickets, right? Yeah. Suddenly, you exploit that, right? Instead of going, trying to go national, straight from the go. No, there used to be this whole, I mean, this is one thing I'm discovering, you go more and more into sports history, is before World War II, man, sports was completely different in this country. You Mm -hmm. were way more into your regional team than the major leagues. Yeah. Right. If you weren't living in one of those eastern cities with a baseball team and you were living in San Francisco, your favorite team was the Seals, man. Right. You know, you're living in Kansas City and you're colored, you know, at that time. Your favorite team is the Monarchs, man. You know, the Kansas right. City Monarchs, dude. Right. You know, these other leagues and then, you know, in these really obscure places like Noga Doches or, or, you know, Baton Rouge, you have to wait until winter and then you'll get a barnstorming team. Yeah. You know, now that still exists in baseball and football and to some extent basketball in this country. But since the major leagues have like killed everything in the media, you never hear about it. You never hear about it. If the XFL were smart, they'd be exploiting all that small town stuff that's already there. Yeah. You you don't need to start anything. You you arrange a few flights so you can make a tournament. But how much would that cost at the end of the year? You know, that'd be bitching. That would be great. That, and that's football the way it used to be. No way. Right? <laughs> yeah. Was, what, what was the, what's the name of the podcast? Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, football, okay. when football was football. When football was football. When football was football. We could still have that. But no, we got to yeah. start a new league. We got to start it. So, real quick, got to go, but real quick, um, you open this can of worms. Are you confident about the future of the CFL now, two years past the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious to see a couple things that are going to factor in here, okay? Um, Argo's ownership, are they going to stay? Are they going to go? Okay. So if they sell the team, uh, you know, the, Ar- the, the Argos are kind of the big, you know, big question mark as to what, with ownership, what they're intending to do. If things pan out in BC and BC improves, but then you also have Montreal, you know, our, our you know, the league is so dependent upon the success of three teams and three the and their three largest cities. I mean, I'm confident, but you know, if the CF, if the Argos, I mean, yeah, the Argos decide they want to go play in the XFL. If that actually ever happens, then the, the CFL as we know it is pretty much going to be over. Do I think that's going to happen? No, but I think. You know, I, if the Argos win the Grey Cup, I think all that gets put to rest, and we don't hear about that for hopefully the hopefully ever. So, but then the other part of that too is they got to do something with the TV contract, you know. And, <laughs> but until until Toronto starts putting butts in, at least in my opinion, until Toronto starts putting asses in seats. Is the CFL going to be taken very seriously up in Canada? I mean, I was up there for a week. And I had these conversations with everybody, you know, every now and then I would talk to somebody and like, no, I'm a C- I'm not an, a CFL fan. I'm an NFL fan. Um, there's only yeah, maybe Steve, two yeah. people. 
Yeah, I mean, and so I, yeah, so really the battle is for the hearts and minds of people in Canada, and the CFL's losing, and I'll be damned if I know what the commissioner is doing because, you know, if you remember last year, we were promised all these changes and everything that was going to make the CFL more a much more viable product. So fast forward then, I'm in Montreal. I'm looking for Alouette's merchandise. Here, yeah. I found one hat. Yeah. In one little store, I could find Expo stuff in every store I went to in old Montreal. <laughs> couldn't Still. find it. Couldn't, Nordiques? You know, and I, Nordiques? Yeah. Nordiques. <laughs> Nordiques stuff, too. So the CFL is, you know, the, the CFL is its own worst enemy. And until they get their act together and start thinking about uh, merchandising, CFL films yeah. is another great idea. You know, yeah. that, that, that right there. All these things. Um they're going to be the butt of a joke. I mean, until they really take, until they really start copying what the NFL is doing, you know. Yeah, I but mean, isn't that the problem? But isn't that the problem? Because the problem is, is that the CFL wants it both ways, right? Traditionally, they've been dependent on ticket sales, right? right. Which was really great in the seventies when you were packing in like seventy thousand into Montreal, right? That was great. And when, you know, the TV wasn't so important and whatnot. Right. Right. But the problem is, is that now they want to convince TSN to give them like an NFL level deal. And it's just not going to happen. Well, now, yeah. now the problem with the problem with the Canadian like structure in general and being dependent on these three teams is this. Okay. The, the big three cities all have their own problems. Okay. Right. Toronto is convinced that they're a major league team. Right. Major League City. Right. Those right. teams, uh, those fans are snobs. Right. They're like, if it's not the NFL, we're not going to watch it. We have an NHL team. We have a Major League Baseball team. We have a basketball team. Right. All of which have won championships. OK, we yeah. don't need minor league football. Vancouver is just a crummy sports town. I mean, Vancouver couldn't keep an NBA team. Come on. Come on. That's just not a good sports town, period. Right. And the thing about Montreal is Montreal oh, fans Montreal's have a, Montreal fans have a bad reputation, the Alouettes fans. But I believe that when they win, they come out. Yeah. That's really all you need yeah. in Montreal. And, you're not going to get the gear sales because the the town is obsessed with hockey. So you're never right. going to get the beer, you're never going to get the sales, but you can get yeah. people out to those games. You just have yeah. to have a winning product. Now next year they're right. going to so they may they may bring out the fans next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got you know, CFL's got. Pro you know, we've been talking about these problems. It seems like ever since you know for for decades now with the league, and it never gets better. It you know, and it's always the same. You know, we're now we're to the point now. A lot of us were in our thirties and twenties and thirties as CFL fans. Now we're in our forties and fifties, and we're still, you know, we're still bitching about the same damn things and. I don't know. I think they just need to change the leadership too at the top. I mean, yeah, the commissioner. I, I, you know, they need they need some real leadership. They need some Pete Rozelle type leadership to say, "Here's what we're doing. Everybody get in line," because they don't have to be the NFL. They just need to be the CFL. Yeah, and you know, I mean, and we've talked about this at length and at nauseum. Okay, a man in like video game, and I think one may be coming out from what, you know. I haven't really followed that whole 
I haven't gone down that uh, that uh, that wormhole yet with what's going on with <laughs> if they're even the video games going to come. So you know, you know. So I mean, there's just so many things that the NFL does right, and sometimes the NFL doesn't even do it right. They just do it, and yeah. So if, I mean, the CFL, all they got to do. I mean, if they double the contract, TV contract, that pretty much puts all nine franchises in financial salt. You know, makes them very solvent financially and then they can do the other things that they need to do to, to be around say for another hundred years but um Good. yeah wow. but, yeah but greg the reason why the reason why we're still complaining about it is because come on you know the situation is getting more dire oh yeah. this stuff it feels like so many entertainment markets you know despite all the streaming are you know shrinking or contracting now you know yeah. i mean netflix may be dead in three years I mean, it might not exist in three years. You know, no, so, HBO Max so, is going away. The rumors keep flying around. So right, right. So 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 you know, there, there is this contraction right now. There does seem to be this worldwide kind of cash grab in the entertainment spheres. So, and I consider you know sports to be part of that. Um, yeah, sports so. is you know, as Joe Namath said, man, sports is show business. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not. That wasn't Joe Namath who said it. That was Mrs. Werblin who said it to Joe Namath. <laughs> nice. Okay, let's see. On that note, I guess we're going to get out of here. Joe Namath, a guy from Alabama who played for the Jets and has nothing to do with CFL football. I'm going to sign off the show for my special guest co-host, Greg James. I'm Alex Davis. This has been the Root and Blue CFL Podcast. Enjoy the great talk. And Joel will be back next week. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.